Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Drop Your Buffs Podcast, where we recap the strategy, social game, and stupidity of each Survivor episode. I am one of your co-stars, as Mm -hmm. Dion likes to call it. Yes. (laughs) Hannah Fleming, and I also have... Dion Alexander, but I wanted to introduce you, Hannah. I wanted to say the self-appointed prettiest girl of the White Allen Dash the Catch and winner of $10,000. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations, Hannah. That is quite the achievement. Okay, why do you keep (laughs) doing... Last week, you did the same thing where you introduced me with this huge accolade, and then I'm just like, and here's my friend Dion. That's fine. (laughs) And I like to pump up my friends. Okay, I'm going to come up with a bunch of accolades for you next week. <laughs> Do it. That's fine. I'm happy either way. But congratulations. That's a major achievement. I'm very proud of you. That's a different story for a different day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Hannah? How has your week been in the survival? Um, Right. It has been so great. We are recording this on a Thursday night. So the Survivor episode was last night. And Mm -hmm. my typical routine is that I read through all of Twitter, read all the tweets about what people thought of the episode. And then I also listen to podcasts about the episode. And so what I've been doing this season is I have been not allowing myself to listen to any podcast because I want to have my own original thoughts for our podcast. So I can't wait to share all my thoughts, get them all out there, and then I can go listen to everybody else's. So my question, first and foremost, is how do you feel about not waking up in the morning and listening to podcasts? Like, has it thrown you a little bit? I There's, there's so many podcasts in this world. I can listen to other stuff. I mean, my typical routine is Thursday morning, listen to one about... Survivor, but now I have to listen to something else, like a murder mystery or something. <laughs> Ugh, murder mysteries. They just got nothing on Survivor, do they? No. Nope. All right. Well, I wanted to start this week with a rapid-fire round of questions. You <laughs> for me last week, and I want to throw it right back at you and see how you cope under pressure. Okay, okay. I can do this. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for our five questions? Okay, just five. I can do that. Is this going to be like, like Sandra and Rob just like throwing information at me and I'm going to have to process things? I mean, I feel like that's to come after this when I just get into a tangent and keep on talking. But that's fine. right. That's right. Are we ready for question one? All right. Got it. All right. Question one. You asked me this last week. What is your favorite season of Survivor? Oh, easy. Favorite season is heroes versus villains. So much drama, so much comedy. Every vote was epic. Okay, question two. In what location would you personally like to compete on a Survivor season? In what location? Location, yeah. Quick, quick. Not Cambodia. Um, (laughs) Anywhere but Cambodia. (laughs) Okay, but I need a location. Are we talking beach? Are we talking jungle? (laughs) I know, what are we talking? Uh, Beach. Beach, all right, question three. You find a large bag of rice and a clue to a hidden immunity idol with a smaller bag of rice. What do you choose? You have to take one back to camp. You either go back with a large bag of rice or a small bag of rice and have to explain why it's small. I'm I'm a wimp. I'm going for the big bag of rice. Wow. Big bag Mm -hmm. of rice. Okay. Question four. If you were on Survivor, who would you want to see for the loved one visit? Oh, don't do this to me, Dion. You one person. Oh, man. Okay, so the running joke of my family is that uh-huh. national television needs to see my father, Dan Fleming, on TV. Okay. So he Dan is Fleming. a character in himself, and my he dad is, needs to I be on television. I, I think he would be fantastic. <laughs> and if people don't know, my dad is from Boston. You know, he's kind of like a his own version of Boston Rob, so I think it'd be perfect. I think that's a great answer. And final question. Everybody wants to know, Hannah, who is your survivor crush? My survivor crush? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know several of them, Dion. Um, yeah, let's, go with, let's go with the most random one. 
Okay. <laughs> is uh, season thirty Tyler Fredrickson? <laughs> okay. Okay. I just think he is so. He is so funny, and that's just the most random. The, the random, most random. The most random is, one. He's just a vibe of crush. Love Tyler <laughs> if you're listening. Hannah Fleming, the self-appointed prettiest girl of the White Island Dash for Cash. She's single and she's ready to mingle. Right. I think I just added you to, to Tyler. So we'll see wow. comments uh, for next week. Thanks, well, thank Dion. For playing um, for the rapid fire round. Are we ready to get into this week's episode of Survivor? Yeah, so at the end of the episode, I will test you on those questions, and hopefully you will get three out of five. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll see how we go. <laughs> All right, so this episode started out like no other Survivor episode has ever begun. We got three flashes of moments from... <laughs> from that were going to come in the episode. And mm -hmm. I was watching with some friends and I was like, wait, 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 what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah, we got an image of the logo of Survivor and then yes. we had three rapid fire images. So what we had is we had Nora saying, you can't just sheep around anymore. Mm -hmm. We've got Aaron saying, I don't trust anyone right now. And then we have Kelly crying on the beach being comforted by Nora. Those were our three I shots we got. I have a question for you. Yes. Did you notice that there were three scenes that were pulled from the next week on Survivor from last episode? We had already seen those three sections of video. Oh, we had seen those videos in our, the last episode. No, I didn't realize that. Yep. So they're like, next week on Survivor. And then they had Nora kind of like being erratic. We had Aaron being like, I don't trust anyone. And we saw Kelly crying on the beach. So we'd already seen those. So I feel like it was just one of those like rapid fire. We've already seen this. Let's just tweak their memory. Like just give them a, a sensory overload and get into it. I am going to tell you something extremely nerdy. And you just have to um, accept me for who I am. I always do. Okay, so I watched this Korean game show called The Genius. The Genius. Did you watch it? Yeah, I, okay, so I got like halfway through the first season, but I love it. Okay, so did you also hear like I did that this was an amazing show and that you had to watch it? Absolutely, but they go for like every episode's like two hours. Okay, so if you're listening and you have never seen it, which I'm sure most of you haven't, it is a game show where it's a group of people in a house. Yeah, and they have to do a challenge every day. Every time they come, they have to do a challenge, and it's usually a huge mental or social challenge. And it was an epic show, and I loved every episode. The so whole just reason to, to, yeah. to weigh in on that. So these are all professionals in their field. We had professional poker players, we had professional news reporters, we had K-pop stars, we had people who were very well known for being professionals in their field. So they already had an idea of who each other are and what their kind of strengths are gonna be. Not only that, they competed on the weekends and after about three episodes, the episodes started to air on TV. So they got to watch each other in past episodes playing the game. So that completely influenced the game that they were playing. Sorry, I just it, needed that. No, it's, it was, it's such a cool show. And if you are interested in watching, reach out to Dion or I and we'll send you some links. Yeah. Okay, that all to say that mm -hmm. this, this Korean game show implemented what Survivor did this episode. They would show scenes that were going to come up in the episode to give you a taste of the drama and get you hooked. So did Survivor accomplish that? Did you like how they showed those little clips at the beginning? I mean, it, it kind of gave me that sensory overload of like, wait, what just happened? I'm searching for these clips now. You know, and, I, yeah. I want to see this. Right, we got, the, we got the two things, Nora complaining and Aaron complaining. We got those kind of right away, right off the bat, right. but we didn't get Kelly crying on the beach till much later. So that was in the back of my head, like, all right, when is Kelly going to start crying? So I, that, it worked on me. It got me hooked. Well, I, it kind of makes me wonder what those three contestants, how they feel, because, you know, these are the things that people are being left after one episode feeling and started the episode feeling is Aaron just going to be remembered as that guy who was complaining after he was left out of a blindside? Is Nora yep. going to be, you know, feeling like she's just this person who's 
erratic and Kelly's just seen <laughs> you're crying on the beach. And right. Honestly, that's how I remember them now. <laughs> uh, what do you think about how Aaron was acting after that tribal council? I think that you, you gotta, you gotta play it cooler. You really have to play it cooler because this is a game about being able to socially, you know, adapt and you were left out of the vote because people f- felt a certain way. You know, Elaine said it herself when she said you weren't willing to hear it. She came out and said, you know, you weren't willing to listen to that. And then he like bit back at her about something. Yeah, he just he was playing so poorly right after Tribal. And I understand that, you know, emotions are high. You're embarrassed. Right. You know, you wanted to be a part of something. And it's the first vote, the first round. That's heavy. You know, if you're already feeling out of the loop on day three, what's the chances of getting to day 39? I love seeing an alpha male get knocked down a peg. I got to admit, like, I loved, I loved that. (laughs) I mean, like, physically, he is that kind of, like, alpha male, you know, archetype. But in terms of the round that we just watched, he hasn't really fallen into that leadership role. He was trying to last week, but it uh, did not work out for him. It did not work out. But what we did see is that the women are extremely happy with their position on that tribe. Oh, yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. One woman in particular happens to be in a very good position. While she was collecting firewood, we saw the wonderful, absolutely wonderful Chelsea stumble across a hidden immunity idol. Let's go, Chelsea. That was awesome. I was living for that. I like jumped out of my seat when I saw her find it. I was like, yes, absolutely. Get that idol and let's get this game going. Uh, what do you think she's going to do with that idol? Um, oh, see, that's the thing. Like part of me when she found it was like, great, she's found it. Now she just needs to play it correctly. Like I've, I've kind of turned into that person where it's right. <laughs> to just find an idol. You need to know how to play it. So I think that, She's going to keep her lips sealed about it, um, at least for a, a couple of rounds. I don't think that it's going to be something that she goes straight back to people and tells them about. I might be wrong, but I have a feeling she's going to hold on to that uh, like Lauren did until, say, you know, a lot later on in the game until she really needs to tell somebody about it in order to work a move that's going to help her and her alliance. Right, are you talking about Lauren from... Last season, yes. Last season, yes. She kept that idol till the end. Like, Yeah, but she didn't tell Kelly about it until she needed to. And that, that was like weeks later. And that was, that was great. Yeah. Um, we also saw Chelsea talk about how the Girls Alliance is going strong and that she's loving it. And I was loving it. I'm so in for this Girls Alliance. And I hope it can uh, stay strong. I have a question for you. So we see this girls' alliance, these five women. Do you think they're going to try and pull in numbers with the men to just kind of, like, give them the majority and then, like, pick them off one by one? Because I have a feeling, like, with the way that Missy was talking to Aaron and talking about Aaron, that there might be something else going on there. Yeah, so if I think if anyone were to leave that girls' alliance, it would be Missy. It seems like Missy's making connections outside of... Oh, you think she'd actually leave the alliance? Yeah, what do you think? I was thinking that they were going to try and pull men in to give them numbers and then just pick them off one by one, like Black Widow style. I would love that so much. Yeah, because I was like, if they had to prioritize a man to do that, like, I'm like, are they going to take out Vince? Are they going to take out Tom? You know, are they going to try and hold on to Aaron because he's at the bottom and they can use him? I mean, they showed us Missy trying to reconcile with him and trying to pull him in. I can't imagine anybody wanting to reconcile with him how he was talking after Tribal, but, like, Missy was the one who was who was doing the work. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we've seen to what, I mean, we could assume are workhorses when it comes to the challenges in the form of, like, Aaron and Dean, two of the quieter guys in that tribe. But, I mean, you can't deny that Tom and Vince are workhorses back at camp. It's like, how are the women going to decide who they're going to go for next? Wow. Ooh, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, these women are in a tight alliance, but are they going to start like 
falling in on themselves and being like, is this actually going to be a benefit to us to stick together five women strong? But I mean, they've proven to this point that they can survive out there. I'm just worrying about strength and challenges, but they didn't struggle in the last one. That's for sure. That is for sure. On um, So that's like kind of most of what we got on the Lyro tribe, isn't it? We really did not see much of them this episode. They dominated in the challenge. And though it was a nail-biter towards the end, there's no denying that they were out really strong at the start of that challenge. Exactly. And then we got a ton of content on the Vokai tribe, especially one person that I shared last week is like nails on a chalkboard to me. Mm-hmm. And that is Nora. Who I admittedly am loving. <laughs> everybody everybody is loving Nora. And I'm over here like, I can't. I cannot imagine working with her. I cannot. That whole scene of her complaining about people not working, right when everybody's woken up and she's, oh my goodness, I couldn't. I mean- I did look at that clip again, and her frustration is people are like, I'm so glad that we woke up and we kept the fire going. <laughs> and it's going to be frustrating when somebody's like, I'm so glad we did this, when you know that you single-handedly <laughs> are the person responsible for why that fire still exists. Right. Um, I will, okay, well, I, I will say, she uh-huh. is great television. Nora is amazing television, and I was laughing so much about so many things that she was doing and saying. So, great TV, Mm -hmm. but I will stand by the fact that I'm not the biggest Nora fan. Here's, Here's the thing that I enjoy about Nora. She is an emotional player, and I personally like emotional players on Survivor a Mm -hmm. lot Mm -hmm. because you have room to work with them. So you can talk to Nora. You can convince her that different people are going to influence things on an emotional level. When you talk to people who are more, uh, I will say, robotic, they remove emotions from the game and they talk strategically, it's a lot harder to kind of get your personal way as a player right. to another player who, who doesn't work on an emotional level. So right. if I were out there, I'd actually really enjoy working with her. Because I feel like there's passion behind it and there's room to work. I love how Jason, the guy who was looking for an idol day one for maybe 20 minutes and was pegged as the... The the idol hunter. The idol hunter. He was pegged as um, don't work with him. Mm -hmm. I love how he is forced to be in an alliance with Nora. Like she is his only option. So he has to work with her. And I loved the little snippets we got of him going like, stop dancing. Stop dancing. And like, and like he, like, I love how he could easily be like the game body, like strategic Uh guy. And he has to work with Nora. I mean, he says he has to, but he also follows that up with, you know, she's my friend. Right. You know, and I want, like, he has to, but he also does want to. There is that, um, that element of want. And I think, you know, you see those people out there who end up budding up with, people that they don't expect I mean I have to say like one of my favorite moments I'm not gonna say it's my drop your buff moment but one of my favorite (laughs) moments is when the two of them are sitting on the beach and she's cackling in this kind of weird witch-like laughter cackle taps him on the knee and goes ah you're cute I like (laughs) you something to those along those lines and I'm just like you are on a different plane of like world right now it, it was just hilarious for me last week you called her debbie 2.0 and i think you are totally right everything she was doing was debbie 2.0 i mean i think that yeah i'm gonna stick to it i'm gonna stick to my guns i'm gonna say nora is debbie 2.0 but there's a part of me that just i don't know i wanna i wanna sit and just have a conversation with nora and be like i want to be where you are right now like let's go there no thank you i'm i'm good <laughs> Oh, gosh. So we did see that uh, Kelly just got pretty much ripped out of her tribe. Um, And she looked like she had no idea what to expect. And her tribe just came to her and started giving her advice. With with Jason saying, think outside the box. And is that not what I said last week? I said, when it comes to Survivor, you have to think outside the box. And hearing Jason say that was such validation. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, he's a smart player. I don't think anybody can deny that he's not a smart player. He just found himself in a bad situation. But his words of advice seemed to really affect her, and she kind of kept those words on her mind on her way over to the Island of Idols. All right, so we see Boston Rob and Sandra. Oh, my gosh, it's them. Whoa, whoa. Okay. It's not Cochran. What? Um, They go, and they start. They read her the oath, which Mm -hmm. is boring. They start talking about all about their lives and everything, which was boring, but I found it more entertaining than the fire challenge from last week. What did you think about this challenge? Well, okay, so my I have a quick question. Did you pick up when they started talking that it was going to be a challenge or was it only when it was explained? Well, after she talked about her life, like, oh, yeah, I'm a Harvard student or something. Mm-hmm. about her, yeah. She talked about her boyfriend and then they started talking. I was like, okay something's going on here. I thought that maybe that they were like going to be lying to her about something or that like they wanted her to lie about something and that they were going to teach her about lying. But no, it was, it was just about listening. I, I picked up quite early on that. I'm like, they're talking a lot and they're giving her a lot of information. This is definitely a, like, this is a part of it. Um, Right. So when I, because I watched it again with a, a group of people, watched it by myself, watched it with a group of people, and you know everybody's sitting there laughing about, oh, asking the big questions, what's your boyfriend's name? <laughs> and it was so fascinating to me that other people didn't cotton on as quickly, and they were just like, why are we watching this? I'm like, no, guys, this is what this island's about. They, they're testing you. Like you've already been given, you know, the boring spiel. Like mm-hmm. as soon as you hear it begins. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I mean, I was fascinated that that people didn't cotton on as quickly and that she didn't necessarily cotton on as quickly. No, she, they showed clips of her looking like she was not paying attention. And you know what? I don't blame her. I could totally picture myself in her spot being overwhelmed by everything going on. And like, why are Boston Rob and Sandra telling me about their dogs? Like I would be so confused. So you know what, Kelly, you were, you tried your best. She won the challenge. It seemed so easy. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it did seem easy. I have had that conversation with people. Like, we don't know if those questions came up in the first 10 minutes and they spoke to her for two hours. You know? Ooh, that's a good point. So it is condensed. It is, you know, they will show the information that we need as an audience to be able to answer the questions. But there could have been a lot of information provided. But I have a further question. Do you think that the challenges out on the island are set by the round or by the person that visits the island. I really think it's by the round. I think they have the order that they're doing. What mm-hmm. do you think? I mean, I, I wonder because she did say that she has a terrible memory. So I was like, are they going to try and test her memory? Because she's one of the four people that said they had a bad memory. So if any of these four turn up, we're going to do that challenge. Ooh, that is really cool to think about. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Elizabeth could be one of those people who's like, I have no experience with the outdoors. So they're like, well, let's chuck her out there and give her a survival challenge. That is a really good point. That would make sense because Elizabeth didn't know how to make fire and that was super weird. And maybe that was her lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well, fun, fun, fun. She wins a challenge. She gets an idol. She turns up back to camp with it in her hair. <laughs> In the bundle of hair on the back of her head, fun thing that I found on Facebook is Sandra Diaz Twine posted that she thought it was going to fall out and that she should have made it tighter. Which so Sandra me- was the one who did it? This is what I'm under the impression of, that Sandra is either the reason that it existed, it might have been her idea, or she was just the one responsible for putting it in her hair. That was my drop your buff moment when she's on the beach, she's hugging everybody, and then she reveals in a confessional, the idol was in my hair the whole time. I was like, no, that is genius. And also super risky. Like, so risky. I cannot. I cannot. Of all places to hide it, I mean, you got to hope that you get some thick hair that's going (laughs) to, like, be able to contain it. I mean, I was impressed more than anything, but she got away with it. She she said, search my body, tip everything out, and she was prepared. 
I, I feel like I would do the same thing. I would just like show up and want to be so convincing that I didn't have anything mm-hmm. that I would just like dump out everything and do like be like, take, you know, check everywhere. <laughs> like I have nothing. But then again, where would I be hiding the idol if I did have it? So right, uh, maybe I would res- do what would Kelly it, did. Yeah. Was there too many tears though? Was she trying to sell it too hard? That fake crying, I don't know. It was a lot. Definitely was awkward. Yeah. I mean, even like, I was going to call it Alexis. Even Molly was sitting there like, no, you don't have to do that. It kind of looked like Janet was crying. Yeah, she seemed pretty emotional about it. But we saw twice in this episode when Molly turned to people tipping their bags out saying, you don't have to do that. Huh, Um, interesting. It might just be a thing that Molly does. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah i guess molly should we talk about the king the queen oh the we got jack? to we have to talk about the king the queen and the jack Ba-bum, boom hey oh <laughs> so last week we did express that we had very good Im- opinions of really all three of those people you know we had a good opinion of molly we thought that she would kind of like fit into the tribe pretty well and be pretty charming um, Jamal was somebody that we had great opinions of because he was mm-hmm. being included in alliances without even being present. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jack was just a beast in the challenge and, and everybody seemed to kind of just, like, get him in as this, like, younger vibe. But the three of them seemed to come out too strong too soon. Really? I mean, they are seen as the cool kids and they thought they were hiding their alliance well, but clearly they were not. Everybody was aware of it. it. And that's the thing. If you think you're hiding an alliance really well, but people are walking around giving you guys names, it's like, where, where are you? You can't just be solely focused on what you're doing. You've got to have your ears open and be aware of how you're being perceived. This situation with the cool kids thinking that they have everything under control and mm-hmm. the outsiders making their way in made me think of Survivor Korong, the um, there was a beauty tribe, a brains tribe, and a bronze tribe. And yes. the brains tribe had six people, and two, and there was like pairs of two mm-hmm. that were in like alliances. And there was this one pair that thought they had everything under control. And it was um, a girl named Julie or Julia, and mm-hmm. the guy that looked like uh, Obama. <laughs> so, oh, oh, is her name Elizabeth? <laughs> The brunette, because Julie yeah. was a nineteen-year-old. Oh, Julie. okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the brunette um, and uh, the guy who looks like President Obama. So yeah. they thought oh. they had everything under control, and they were calling all the shots. But you know what the rest did? They joined forces and voted both of them out. Mm-hmm. They like when you are thinking a vote is easy, or when you think you can take a nap. Or when you think that everything's going well, you better uh, try again because something's going wrong. If you're in first gear, you gotta <laughs> you gotta look at that gear stick and reassess. You cannot apparently- do Survivor in first gear. You can't do Survivor in first gear. You're in fourth gear from the time you set foot on that island. Oh my gosh! Can we just discuss Lauren this episode? Her oh, oh yes, I am here for that. Her yes, strategy. She is just dominating and i'm here for it i'm here for all of it i went back to the scene where she brings up molly and i wrote down what she said and kind of what happened all right so lauren turns to janet and she was with um kelly as well kelly she goes what are your feelings on molly and then janet is honest about what she thinks she says She's a really smart player, and she has the men in the palm in her, of her hand. And then Lauren says, she has that effect on all of us. It's time mm-hmm. to get her out. <laughs> and here's the thing. This is what I said about Lauren last week. She's really good at talking to people, hearing them out, and just kind of like assessing the situation. But she one-upped it this week where she took that information and she just kind of raised it. She's so like, here's the you. I'm going to raise you. So here's the question. Um, was this the right move at the right time for Lauren? I say absolutely. A lot of people would argue with me that she was in an alliance with, 
you know, Molly, and that it was unnecessary to start picking from her own alliance. But as soon as there's mistrust within the group of people that you're working with, is is that going to actually benefit you getting forward or are you going to be at the bottom of a pecking order? Especially she sees Molly having an effect on everybody and she sees that core trio happening. Like, Lauren needs to, one, be at the top of an alliance and two, get rid of other tight alliances. So I am a fan of this move. I think it's a great move. You also had the highlight of, you know, Nora saying that Molly does nothing around camp, you know, and then we had a great shot of her attempting to cut a coconut and <laughs> in it. Um, she it. really wasn't a contributing factor to the tribe other than being a nice person. And really, is that a reason to keep somebody around? Yeah, um, no. <laughs> and I think, honestly... I don't think that she ended up being as nice as she was perceived by the end of the episode. You know, we saw the three of them. Well, to be fair, we didn't see much of Jack. He was just kind of lumped in with the three of them. But both, you know, Molly and Jamal had some pretty, you know, fighting words. And, you know, they had a bit of a bite to them as well. And it, it wasn't really enjoyable to see how they spoke to people at Tribal Council. Right. I... I like how Jamal answered Jason's question about about being in first gear or being in fourth gear or whatever. Jamal says, "I'm in first. I'm playing in first gear right now." And Jason says, "Well, I'm playing in fourth gear, um, something something." And I like Jamal's response. How he? I feel like he answered it nicely and oh, he kind I of feel the opposite i think he was horrible i think that he <laughs> spoke down to him as if like you're in that spot and i'm up here so like get off my back i thought it was i thought it was vicious i support jamal and his response what <laughs> I think he's like one of the biggest villains this season no oh absolutely are you kidding the way that he was like just taking a nap and walking around like he owns it this dude is he's got he's got another thing coming to him i reckon he's the next oh one oh he's so precious precious he's a villain <laughs> was the gum on the bottom of his shoe it was horrible. I would never want anybody to speak to me or you that way. <laughs> you think that you would sit there and take it if Jamal turned to you and said, you are in that position. You are in fourth gear. I'm going to be here and I will deal with that when it's my time. Oh, I would turn around and say, excuse me. You're right. Okay, fine. I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm I know that you actually think that it was nice. Uh, I, th I thought it was. <laughs> I I was, you know, the way that Nora turned around instantly and went, oh, you know, that was enough <laughs> for me to be like, these are fighting words. Yeah, Jamal Jamal played awful this this tribal and this vote. So I can't say much for him and Molly just did awful. Hey, what about Tommy for this vote? Wow, we got the clip of Tommy saying, I've got to take teacher Tommy and put it aside, and now I need to be survivor Tommy. And I started thinking, what is teacher Hannah, and what is survivor Hannah, and what's the difference? So I started thinking about that, but, like, what was he saying through saying that? What is teacher Tommy? I think he said it later on in, the, um, in that same segment or later on in the episode where he said there is the difference between wanting to play with the cool kids and wanting to play strategically, like is gonna, is sticking with the cool kids actually gonna be the best move for me? So I think teacher Tommy is gonna be that person who's just, you know, what's gonna be best cohesively versus what's gonna be best for me. I, okay, I totally get that. And I, I would say that for myself being teacher Hannah would want to be like teamwork and everybody's happy and getting along and yep. we're all going to get the grand prize at the end. But Survivor Hannah would be like, backstab you all, only I will survive. <laughs> hey, and, and I, I see that. And But the funny thing with his move is he eventually went against the cool kids. I mean, I don't know how much that was his choice versus being pressured into making that move. But he didn't side with the with essentially what he thought would be the people that he wanted to play with because 
the edit shows that he he went with a, a more strategic choice. But I started to get vibes from him of a former contestant in the form of Chase Rice from Survivor Nicaragua. Wow, that's a deep pull. Well, I mean, he's this, you know, attractive guy who's very sweet, very level-headed, but wants to work with the cool kids. But is it going to be better off for him to work with the cool kids or with, you know, the people that are going to be better for his game? You know, we saw him get to the end and make a jury of these cool kids who were all essentially, you know, beat up with how he made it to the end and they didn't. And the other guy won. So I'm kind of wondering if Tommy's playing a smarter game because he's getting rid of the people that are sure he's friends, but are they going to respect his gameplay in the end the way that someone like Janet would respect his game, the way that Lauren would respect his game? So I think he made a brilliant move because we've seen it play out before that, you know, it didn't have a benefit for Chase, but it might for Tommy. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to think about whether this was the right move for Tommy or not. I didn't like how he said to Janet, oh, we're going to do this now? I have Jack and Jamal in my back pocket. Like, I don't think you should ever admit to someone who you have in your back pocket. That makes your target huge. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm I'm in an alliance with you, but I also have these other guys on the side. Right, and it was a risky move, and I think that might have also been a motivator for him to actually vote them out to kind of prove you know what, I'd be willing to vote these people out because I'm more loyal to you. At the same time, is that a risky move that you've shown your cards? Because if you're willing to go against your closest allies, are you willing to turn on anyone? Hmm. You know, it can be seen from so different, like so many different angles. But we we saw, again, we saw Tommy being seen as a strategic player, not not necessarily a social player. I mean, he's getting along with everybody, but I mean... You, we see those kinds of players. We see the social yet str- strategic players. We've seen that in, you know, the form of Earl Cole. We saw that in Tom Westman. You know, these are very strong strategical elements to playing a really solid game. And I think he's doing very well. I think so too. I think he's, I think he's playing it great and he's, he's doing what he needs to, to mm-hmm. make it each vote. And also let's give it up for Janet who has survived the first vote. The stereotypical old woman survived the vote and she is killing it. I get very mad dog vibes from Janet. I think she's so cool. They get a real kick out of her, but she can actually keep up with the pack and she's proven that. Um, You know, they got her out there in the first challenge doing a lot of the physical stuff. You know, she's not holding them back. I think that they're... They're keeping her around. There are bigger people to be, you know, to concern themselves with. And, you know, you've got people like Jason and Nora who won the outs and it's not Janet. So kudos. (laughs) Yeah, good job, Janet. Yeah. So for me, it's like you see, okay, so we've talked about how Nora and Jason are on the outs, but they didn't end up going home. We ended up seeing Molly say goodbye. Speaking of Nora being on the outs, I literally had to write down a quote of hers from the episode. Like, I could not believe this came out of her mouth. And I love it. But it's insane. Are you ready for it? Tell me. I'm, I can't wait. Okay. So she says, she says, she's talking about how she's different, right? She goes, I stick out. I don't like to stick in. And when I don't fit in, I'll forget those people and I'll fit out. <laughs> Wow. What? I mean, that that was gold. I I need to write down, like, like Nora quotes and, like, live my life by those quotes. That's going to be my new Instagram bio. Yeah, I don't want to stick out. I want to stick in. (laughs) I think that you are going to be very popular if you make that Instagram. (laughs) Your Instagram bio. I love it. I love it. She was a mess during Tribal, but I was here for it. Okay, so I had my sister actually uh, bring up this point to me. I was talking to her earlier on the phone. And she mentioned to me that we didn't get as much commentary from Boss and Rob and Sandra about the contestants at Tribal like we did last week. You know, last week they were doing a lot of, oh, that person's really smart or this and that. I mean, the one thing we saw was that they said that Jason was trying really hard. Yeah, they noted that. Um, But other than that, we really didn't get much of their opinion on that tribe. All we got was my drop your buffs moment. 
which was their shocked faces when Molly was getting a majority of the votes. And I know that I keep on going to the treehouse for my drop your buff moments, but they literally <laughs> dropped their jaws in shock. And the fact that the two of them could have been blindsided, like that's ginormous. And, I love it. And the, the quote of the episode for me was Sandra saying, wow, they played her ass because... <laughs> She she obviously was being told all the right things and then she just got sent home, which I was thrilled about. Absolutely thrilled. Yeah, Sandra was impressed and that means that's a good thing when Sandra is impressed. And that there's a picture of them with their uh, jaws dropped that has turned into a meme. I yes, believe that Aubrey Yeah, Aubrey Brocco might have put it on like a picture of Splash Mountain from Disney World and And they're in the front carriage. Yep. Yeah, it it looks it looks so funny. So maybe I'll I'll um I'll tweet it on our uh our Twitter, drop your buff pod, so you can Absolutely. see it as well. <laughs> yeah. And I mean there was some I mean there were some great moments this episode. Even just in the challenge, having that ladder fall three times. I'm like Oh, oh my gosh. I I like was um cringing every time. I was like, no, no, oh no. Well here's my thing. Like if you watch it, like Molly was climbing up the ladder when it was like this. But it was sideways. It was sideways. I'm like, okay, it might be easier for you to crawl forwards, but the weight's now over there. Like, (laughs) wait for the ladder to be standing up, Molly. So my question is, did her vote out have more to do with her challenge performance and her performance at camp than we actually got an edit for? You know what? I mean, that is a very underrated um, element of voting someone out, like, those definitely had to play in. I mean, if they're going to choose between Jack, Jamal, and Molly, mm-hmm. they're going to pick Molly. Molly. Right. Like, that's it. And you know what? It's just, it just seemed like she, uh, she, oh, okay. So I actually got um, glimpses of sugar in, um, in parts of Molly at camp and stuff like that. Like, that kind of, like, awkward laugh which is like <laughs> like that kind of thing that you know, right sugar we saw that in molly where it's kind of like i'm oh oh well like it was just like oh well kind of laughter where it's like you know ignore that person but we saw that when she kind of turned around and said i feel innocent right now because i was asleep and you know of course nora is going to be annoyed by that because well mm-hmm. i was awake all, you know all night and then hey said, i was annoyed by that too right but then she turned around and said um, this is why it's not fun to pick on me. I don't really care. And my whole take on that was, was Nora picking on you? Or was she just stating facts? <laughs> I mean, she was just... it, didn't even sound, it didn't sound like she was, like, trying to, like, pick on her. Like, I feel like picking on somebody is taking elements of them and using them against them. But she just, she just said, well, I did that and you didn't. That's fact. I think that Molly is used to getting her way a lot with her pretty smile and her cute yeah. laugh. And uh, we heard her call tonight, I Parvati. I understand that. <laughs> Do you get yeah. that as well? <laughs> yeah, my pretty laugh, you know. Um, you were saying poverty. Yeah, so we... Um, Heard her get called Parvati 2.0 this episode. I have some thoughts on that. Do you have any thoughts on her being called Parvati 2.0? I don't know that she had the chops to be Parvati 2.0, but she had every reason to be perceived as somebody who could potentially end up in a power position. She has the charisma that Parvati had where she would, where I could totally see her like laughing and talking with people and them just being roped in to her and being Mm -hmm. big Molly fans. But what she lacked that Parvati had was the self-awareness and like Parvati would have smelled that vote coming from miles away. Parvati would have known what was going on and figured it out because her awareness and perception is killer. And Molly was, did not have that. I would refer to Molly as poverty underwater, where they're putting all their energy <laughs> in, but they're just going so slowly and not making ground. Like, same intentions, but just not, not cutting it. Just not cutting it. 
You mean like those nightmares where you're trying to run away from something and you're like going Absolutely. in slow motion? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. You're giving it everything and it's just not making ground. Sorry, Molly. This is your nightmare. <laughs> this, and it was. We saw her go home and what I thought was fantastic was that her final words were something along the lines of... I wrote them down. I wrote them down. I found... Well, I didn't write them all down, but I wrote the one line that just killed me. Final she line. says. She says, I truly don't know where I went wrong. I guess I got cocky and I've been humbled. Boom. Beautiful. That's what we want. That's what we want out of a Survivor episode. That's what happened, Molly. She got cocky. How does that humble pie yeah. taste? She got cut. So we got scenes from, from next week. You know, we saw tons of stuff. But there's, is there anything else you want to say about this episode? I... Oh, I will say that when we got back to camp from Tribal Council, we saw Vince lose it. We yeah. saw him say, who the wrote my name down, when we all very well knew who did. I think he kind of likes the drama. <laughs> I'm interested to see where we go with him because he kind of came our- across as this really sweet, you know, kind of character. But I actually got glimpses of Colton out of in coming back no. from the tribal you try 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 but you cannot hide your true self on that island and vince is a drama queen and he can't hold it back anymore he's ready to play and he's going to use any opportunity to call somebody out in order to further his own game gosh i love this cast so much the fantastic cast these two episodes have been incredible we've seen some huge power players we've got a lot a lot out of a lot of the contestants. We saw very little of Elaine this week, which isn't a bad thing. It also means that she's not being too social and likable. You know, mm. we saw very little of Elizabeth this episode, but we saw a lot of her last episode. So, you know, we got three female power player edits on that tribe. Um, we got uh, more female power player edits on the purple. I tribe. love it. Bring it. Bring all the female power players. I I have a hard time thinking that we're going to see a man win this season. I mean, this is round two, and it's very early days, and we've already seen one man and one woman leave. But I'm going to say a woman's winning this season. I will uh, put my stamp of approval on that, and mm-hmm. uh, yes. Oh, man, I hope so. Me too. All right, it's I'm been, it's, for next week. It's been a, it feels like it's been a drought since we've had a female winner. It has been, you know, and I think that we're ready to kind of see not just a, a woman kind of get to the end, but a woman, a woman dominate and get to the end. Right. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to next week, we have someone who cuts their hand so bad that she says she can see her bone, which I think was Karishma. Yeah, well, here's the thing. They had the, her face down. It was all black hair and they were on that tribe. And it was that's the only person that I can assume. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it could have been Chelsea. Oh my gosh. You know, know, I've I've actually been in that predicament before where I broke one of my fingers and it looked really gross and I was about to pass out. And do you remember did you remember that little clip they showed where her head is on the ground like that? Like yeah, I was yeah. about to pass out, so I had to like put my head between my knees and people had to fan me. I was oh. so dramatic, but I couldn't but help it. They said that they could see their bone. Yeah, I didn't have I had ugh. When I broke my finger, it was pretty gross, but yeah. um, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I think it's going to be something. I, I, you know, we'll see how it goes. I have a question for you, though, quickly before we leave. For the last couple of seasons, we've seen two tribes turn into three tribes. Are we going to see that this season? I, there's, there's, no, there's no way we don't see that. We are going to see the iconic drop your buffs. <laughs> We'll see Droppy Buffs, but does that just mean we're switching into two tribes? Because the last couple of seasons, it's been from two to three, the third tribe ending up at a new beach and having to start from scratch. I just think it's been done too many times. I think we're going to see two tribes. I, I would not be surprised because they didn't do a marooning this season. Maybe Survivor's going to mix it up. Maybe they'll mix it up. I really hope they mix it up because if we get three tribes... It's just, it's just expected now. I, I want, mm-hmm. I want something fresh. I want something new. I want to see mm-hmm. them mix up two tribes into two tribes, because that's where you end up at a merge, 
with everybody having met somebody at least, you know, some people completely miss each other when it comes to three drives. Right. I am looking forward to next week when the Island of Idols um, test is that they have to sneak onto the other oh, Island, someone yes. else's beach. I cannot wait to see what that entails. It sounds ridiculous, but I am it ready does. for, I'm ready for sneaky, sneaky. I mean, the last time we saw people end up in the other camp was, Survivor Cook Islands, they got onto their kayak and they ended up at the other tribe's <laughs> camp and just decided to like see their neighbors. I'm pretty sure since that season went down, they've kind of called it that that's not allowed to happen anymore. But I mean, this is a test. So I'm extremely intrigued. You are such a super duper fan that you could just pull that reference out of nowhere. I mean, how can you not remember Cowboy turning up to their camp and like pretty much sitting by their fire and making himself at home? And everybody's like, what is happening? Like, it's just such a memorable moment for me. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, Dion, that's all the thoughts I had for this episode. You know what? I could talk for hours, but I think I'm tapped out right now. You know what? I am so excited about talking to you as much as the tribes were excited for spices <laughs> they were like scarily excited for spices but an immunity challenge which i didn't even realize until the end of the challenge because they were so excited by spices i thought that's all they were excited for so i'm i i take that as a compliment thank you so much for being that excited to collaborate with me you bring spice to my life dion oh my gosh are you like my secret spice girl <laughs> Right now. Oh my gosh. We're, now we're just yabbering along. All right. Always a pleasure. Send us off. All right, guys. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Wow, it's so weird saying that. You can find us on YouTube as well, where we have this whole conversation recorded. Our channel's called Drop Your Buffs Survivor Chat with Dion and Hannah. Dion's handle is Dion Alexander. Dion is spelled D-J-O-N. My handle is Hannah Gillia. Gillia is spelled G-I-L-I-A. And our podcast Twitter handle is Drop Your Buff Pod. Dion, I've got nothing for you. Well, that's all right. I'll try again next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Everybody. Drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs.